you last week concerning the miracles of the inner man, and I want you to uh, uh, tune in to what the Word of God is saying because uh, the Word of God works and the Spirit of God works out of the inner man. There is no um, um, doubt about that. Everything that happens to you in, the inner, in, your, in, in your outer world is a pro, uh, process of what's coming out of the real you. So look with me into 2 Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 9 and stand with me in honor of the reading of God's Word. Thank you again to all of those of you that were involved in the worship this morning. We appreciate that. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, now watch this, to show himself strong in the behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards him. Herein thou hast foolishly, uh, thou hast done foolishly, therefore from henceforth thou shalt have, have wars. Now, when I break this down to you, you're going to be amazed with what the Word of God is saying to you. Father, I thank you for the Word of God. Open our eyes that we can see and our ears that we can hear and our heart that we can understand what the Word of God is saying to us. Then allow us to apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear Son. Now, Father, we sanctify ourselves, yield ourselves, and surrender ourselves to the Spirit of God whom we know is hearing directly from Jesus, the Anointed One. We ask you, Jesus, to speak to your people. We ask you to... kind of perfection is never found in anything you're going to do, touch, or say in your flesh. Perfection will never come out of your flesh. The hand of flesh will never be perfect. I heard a major television preacher say this week that he believes everybody's going to heaven, that one day God's going to just wipe away sin and everybody, regardless of the life that you have lived, is going to go to heaven. Oh, isn't that just touchy-feely? That's just a touchy-feely thing. Everybody gets a warm fuzzy for that. The reality is that there is a place where you and I can become perfect towards Him. And that always is coming from the same place. It always comes from what is going on in your inner man. Now Paul has spoken to us in Ephesians chapter 3, and I shared that with you a couple weeks ago, concerning what was going on in the inner man that God would grant you with strength in the inner man. What a wonderful thing Paul has given us. He has shown us the avenue to whereby we could come into the perfection of heart when 
the book of Chronicles mentions the word heart. I want you to see the last phrase of that. He said, herein thou hast done foolishly, and therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars. And that certainly sounds like that we're talking about external operations. Wars in the external. But when we look at the scripture, we can see that that probably isn't so because the Bible said the eyes of the Lord run through and throw throughout the whole earth to show himself in the behalf of those whose heart, whose inner man is perfect towards him. So where are the wars going on in the life of people? Where is it that we're actually having the struggle of life? Now, the enemy would want you to believe that the struggles of life are all put on the outside of you. Well, let's look at what he's doing right now. Those struggles of life in the moment, in the time that we live, well, there's a race struggle. There's a division struggle. There's the struggle of economy. All of those things appear like they are struggling in the outer world. That's not the case. Because the Word of God said, according to uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 16:9, that there is a, the eyes of the Lord are going to and fro. Those of the seven spirits of God are going to and fro throughout the earth to show Himself perfect in the heart, in the inner man. And the one that doesn't have his inner man correctly tuned up, well, what does he get? He gets struggles. He gets wars. He gets troubles. He gets all of the things that we would put into how our natural world seems to be affecting the outer man. But Paul has said that there is an inner man that is creating the problem. That there is an inner man that is not right with God. There is an inner man that must be tuned up and made attentive to the Word of God. This is not an external message that the enemy would place upon us as an external narrative that bothers this world. It is the inner man that creates the problem. It's the inner man that lives in sin. It's the inner man that does not operate nor function on the plane of which God designed the inner man to function. Now watch this. How do we tune up the inner man? How do we make our inner man such that it can live in the operation of God? Well, Paul told us. It's done by two things. It's done by the work of the Holy Spirit, and then it's done by faith. That's very interesting. In his writing in Ephesians chapter 3, he showed us three parts of the seven spirits of God that we reference out of Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 2 and 3. Those seven spirits of God, of God are wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, Knowledge, the fear of the Lord, and judgment or good decision-making. Those are the things that the Bible said rested upon Jesus and that Jesus said in Luke chapter 4 was the mechanism of which he operated out of to minister to the poor, the broken, the bruised, the captive, and those that had no freedom. So, having those things, Paul said that God would grant you and me to have in our inner man strengthened with the knowledge 
of might understanding and of course the seven spirits of god that deal with the word knowledge now faith is the component that you will always use to activate every operation of god therefore faith being the app uh, the the applicator faith is the way it comes to being so we don't look at the natural we have to look inwardly to find the things that we're trying to get from God. If we're willing to do that, then here's what faith brings us. Faith brings what the Holy Spirit reveals. Faith brings what the Holy Spirit gives us in that revelation that we can retrieve. And then faith works in the operation of release. Faith in coordination with the Holy Spirit, is how the inner man is tuned up to hear from God. The Holy Spirit searches the mysteries of God. Now, I thought it was interesting whenever I looked into Paul's writings in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and I see the words mystery, and I see the word deep. The Bible said that there has been hidden with God from the foundation of the world a mystery. Then I see that the Holy Spirit is digging around in God to reveal the deep things of God or the mysteries of God. Now, how are those things going to be revealed into our inner man so that our inner man can begin to take on the image of his dear son? How can we be perfected in our inner man because the Word of God said in 2 Corinthians chapter 16, that if the eyes of the Lord were going to and fro, seeking those whose inner man was perfect. How do we get to be perfect? When we are a sinful creature, we are made in sin, our entire world is made in sin. Well, I found it out this week. How do we get there? Well, listen. Did you know that Lucifer was a man who was made in his inner being to be a worshiper. The Bible said that in his inner being was instruments and sounds that came out of him that all the singers in the world could not make up. They couldn't sound like him if they wanted to. He was perfect in his ability, in his inner man, to, to be the worship leader of heaven. And there was Satan completely with pipes on his inside that allowed him to be a worshiper of God. And I begin to meditate on that. Now, why in the world would Satan have in his inner self all of the ability? Why would Lucifer have that? What would be the... Now, now let's look at what the problem became. The problem became that he had all of this ability and instead of him using that ability to worship God, he decided that he would use that ability to be worshipped. Now think about that a second. He had the inner ability to worship God to sing praises unto God, to bring others to worship God, to bring others to know exactly the beauty and wonder of the mighty God as the great voice came out of Him in ways that we cannot fathom or imagine except one problem. He got in His own way 
and he wanted them to worship him. He said, I will sit upon the throne of God. Now that told me something about you and me. You're saying, now, Pastor, what would that have told us about you and me? Well, when Adam, when the, when the serpent went into the garden, he went into the garden to steal something from mankind. What did he steal, Pastor? He stole what was in here. Why would he steal what was in here? Why would that make any difference? Because he knew that in every believer, in every person that would ever be born, in them was the worship factor. In them was the ability to worship the God of the universe. And Satan knew that if you had been made like he was made, that you have the ability to be in consistent, constant, day by day, and moment by moment contact with the God of the universe. And Satan had to have that stopped. So in fact, he did. He stole from man and man's inner man died. Then along came Jesus Christ. And Jesus came into the world, and I want you to see this. The Bible said, for God so loved the world. Why did God love the world? What caused God to love the world? Did he love the world for the warm and fuzzy, everybody's going to be with me someday, so therefore I'm going to love the world. I, I just think that everybody under my creation ought to be able to come to heaven and be with me. I, I think everybody ought to just go to heaven. Doesn't matter how you live, don't you worry a bit about it. I love the world so much. But we know that can't be true. Someone said, Pastor, how do you know that? What makes you think that? Because 16 times at a minimum in the word of God, the Bible says love one another, increase in love. Just make sure you're living in love. Jesus said you will be known by your huh, love. Surely the God of the universe working out of the inner man has said to you because Jesus went to Calvary that you are walking in his love and therefore everything in the universe has fallen in place. Just wait and see. When Jesus comes, all that's going to happen is everybody's going to go. Everybody's going to go into that new heaven and new earth. And it doesn't matter what you've done, how you lived. It makes no difference what you have done to people or said to people or betrayed people. You're just going to go to be with God because God so loved the world. Well, then I looked over yonder and I saw in the seven spirits of God. Do you realize? Now watch me now. You do not see love mentioned in any of the seven spirits of God. Well, let me quote them to you. There's wisdom, there's understanding, there's counsel, there's might, there's knowledge, there's the fear of the Lord, and there's judgment. I don't see love in there. Those are the seven spirits of God. Yeah, but pastor, God is love. Yes, he is. Whenever I look into the nine gifts of the spirit, I don't see love. I don't see them in the nine gifts of the Spirit. When I see wisdom and knowledge, discernment of spirits, healing, faith, miracles, tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophet, I don't see any love mentioned in there. But I do see love mentioned somewhere. Where is love mentioned, Pastor? Well, love is mentioned in Galatians chapter 5. What does it say, Pastor? 
Well, it's talking about the 17 works of the flesh. It's talking about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. And then it comes down to the part that begins to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. Oh, now wait a minute. Hold on, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Ain't that what the worldly songs say? Wait a minute now. How come it is not in the seven spirits of God or the gifts of the Spirit, but it is in the fruit of the Spirit? How come it is, Pastor? How come it is in the fruit of the Spirit? Well, there's a reason for that, my friend. Because out of the inner man comes the fruit of the Spirit. What caused the fruit of the Spirit to express the love of God? Now watch me now. Because faith had met with what was going on in the inner man and been revealed by the Holy Spirit, it had been retrieved by faith and released into the man, and all of a sudden his inner man takes a change. And his inner man begins to operate by love. Now what is love? This is a question we don't understand in our world. We don't know about in our society. If we did, we wouldn't be at near 70% divorce. We wouldn't have all of the problems in the Christian world that we have. We wouldn't have children that are lost. We wouldn't have families that are divided. We wouldn't have a loveless marriage in the world. We don't understand love. We don't know how to give it. We don't know how to apply it. We don't know how to do it. We don't know how to think it. Why? Because we have operated from the outside in in all of our love relationship. Oh, she pretty. She beautiful now. I'm going to tell you. What, what. Let me put on my zoot suit because I want her to see me. I want her to think I'm pretty as she is. Let me be cool. Let me take her out and wine her and dine her and treat her this, this kind of... Then I get married to her and all of a sudden, all of them feelings that I had, they don't, they don't feel that way anymore because it gets old. How does love get old? Huh. Whenever it comes out of the natural. Whenever I love things out of the natural. Now, I want to prove it to you. Some of you have bought some of the greatest vehicles that ever was. When you got that vehicle you loved, you were so proud of it, you thought there was not another, you'd drive it down the road with the windows down. You'd wave and beep at people you didn't know because you wanted them to do what? See your car. Just a few years down the road, however, you know what happened to that car? It got a bump and a ding. Then the snow fell, the salt got on it, and it began to look like it was a little rusty, and you fell out of love with that car. Let me tell you why I know, because you went and bought another. Fell plumb out of love with it. It was the greatest thing since sliced bread, rock and roll, and the dollar bill when you bought it. But all of a sudden, when it began to be a little rowdy, tat tattered, you fell out of love with it, and you said, I got to go get another one. You know what you did? You rolled down the window, you beeped the horn, you waved at folks down the road. Everybody said, look at that candy apple red car. Woo-wee, that man must have money. That's what we do. We get in love and we fall out of love. Why do we do that? Because that's how our natural side works. 
Our natural side doesn't understand love. We don't know how to apply love. We think that being in love means that I love you so much that no matter what you do, where you go, how you act, how you talk, how you think, no matter who you hurt, no matter the words that come out of your mouth, well, I love you, you are mine, and I love you too much to tell you you're wrong. That's the one thing I loved about my mother. My mother never loved any of her children too much to tell them you're wrong. My mother never loved us too much to pick up a strap and, and bust us where we needed to be busted. My mother never lacked the opportunity or the idea to look us in the eye, eye to eye, and say, I don't agree with that. You are wrong, and here is why. And it was always based on Scripture. We don't know how to apply love. And we don't understand why. Well, I want to tell you why today. We don't apply love correctly because we never got it out of the seven spirits of God. We've got church people today running around telling everybody you ought to tolerate that. Well, you better show them the love of God, huh? Let me tell you. You want to show somebody the love of God? How many of you would say, boy, I want to live out the love of God? Raise your hand if you would, would you? We all would, wouldn't we? We all would love to show people the love of God. Let me tell you, it's in the seven spirits of God. You just said it wasn't in there, Pastor. I did. But I'm going to show you where it is. The Word of God said that there was the fear of the Lord. Do you know what Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13 tells us the fear of the Lord is? Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13 said, The fear of the Lord is the hatred of evil. Now we know why God sent Jesus Christ into the world. And why Jesus said in John 3.16, for God so loved the world. He loved the world because he hated evil. He loved the world because they were following the one whom he had kicked out of heaven and whom Jesus said he saw like lightning fall. He cast down evil and his love for mankind looked into the world and said, I've got a remedy for evil and it is my love and I'm sending my son. And when he gets here, he's going to demolish, eliminate evil out of the house. He's going to do it, Pastor. He's going to bring love into the heart of every man, woman, boy, and girl. And that fruit is going to come out of them. And when that love comes out of them, they're going to look at evil and shun evil. We don't do that anymore. We don't shun evil anymore. As a matter of fact, we attract evil. We attract evil whenever we go around the edges of evil and we say, oh, well, now that's okay. Jesus loves you just like you are. Let me tell you how God works his love. Can I tell you? There are only two ways God works his love. Someone's going to say, oh, pastor, I don't think you're right on that. I'm not interested in what you think. I could care less about what you think. I care about what the Word of God says and what the Word of God says alone. I'm not into your opinion or my opinion on it. Here's how God deals in love. He deals with it in two ways. In the first way, He deals with it in the love of the repentant heart. That's how He makes you perfect. Look at the Scripture. He said that He perfects the soul, the inner man. He said if you are perfected, then you are not at war. Huh? If you are perfected in your inner man, then you're not at war. God loves the repentant heart. 
God will deal with and bless and move upon any heart of which comes to Him and asks for forgiveness of sin and is willing to bury His flesh in the tomb and to be risen with Christ in the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus that superseded the law of sin and death. That man God loves. That man God is working with. That man God is blessing. That man God is leading in through the shadow of the, the valley of the shadow of death where all hell may be breaking loose around him, but his love is working with him. That man. Then God deals with love through the hatred of evil. Now you tell me how God is dealing with our world today. God is dealing with the world through the same eye of love. He's dealing with the world through the eye of the hatred of evil. The fear of the Lord that comes up on the inside of me. Someone said, where did you get that from? How come you have that ability to love and hate evil and call that love? How do you do that? I didn't do it. I didn't do it. That's what God did. That's how his love operates. If you're willing to repent, then he has sent Jesus to the cross for you so that your inner man could be made whole. And when your inner man is whole, then you can operate in the fruit of the Spirit. If your inner man is not made whole, you will never operate in the fruit of the Spirit. Why? Because you'll be living in the natural. What is the natural producing? It is producing the evil of the 17 works of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life that comes out of you when your inner man is not done correctly. Now listen what the Word of God said. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, He said there were two men, do you remember them? One of them built their house on a rock, huh? and one of them built the house on the sand. What about those people? What is the message there? What is the message Paul told us? Ephesians chapter 3, Paul said that you would be what? Rooted and grounded. Jesus gave us the story in Matthew chapter 7. He said that the man that built his house on a rock, where did that house start? I was talking to Jesse this morning about his home. You know what Jesse told me about his home? All we got to talk about. All that he did not tell me what the inside would look like. He did tell me what the outside would look like. But the message that he gave me today was what was going on in the foundation. What was happening in the places where we could not see? We will not see the foundation of that house. It will be put in a place where we will not be able to look and say, oh, what a beautiful foundation. <laughs> Glory to God. They, they really did a job on that foundation. We'll never see it. We'll never know it. We'll never know. All we will know is by how the house stands. What, whether the house is stable, whether the house is sturdy, whether the structure can stand and withstand the storms and the winds and the rain and the snow, that's all we're ever going to know about the foundation of the house. Paul said that you would be rooted and grounded in Him. How's that? 
because your foundation is going to be built in the inner man in such a way that your inner man becomes the temple of the living God and out of you flows the love of God from your repentance that builds a relationship that goes to fellowship and out of you comes a hatred of the evil of sin and the evil of the world. Your battle is not, Paul said, against flesh and blood. The world wants us to look at it that way today. We want to look and say, well, now we've got the progressives and the liberals and we've got the conservatives and I choose the conservative side or I choose the liberal side. Our battle is not there. Our battle is in the spiritual world, my friend. Our battle is in the unseen world. Our battle is in the place where the enemy is working in our inner man to separate us just like he did Adam and Eve from the God of the universe. If we understand that, then we can understand how to stop the war. The war is not going on in the natural. The war is going on in the spiritual. The war is going on in the spiritual. Your outer man is a reflection of what your inner man is doing. If you're living in love as if you're going to just love everybody and you're going to make up your mind, I'm going to make up my mind. I'm going to love them no matter what. It ain't going to work. It's not going to happen for you. You're going to walk. First of all, you'll get hurt. They'll hurt you because you're trying to love them out of your natural. Second of all, you'll get rejected. What do you mean, Pastor? Just like all those that are addicts, what are they addicted to? You can put it any way you want. You can say, well, they're addicted to drugs, alcohol. They're addicted to sex. They're addicted to violence. They're addicted to anger. You can put it any way you want to. You know what they're addicted to? They're really addicted to the lack of God on the inside of them, evil. That's what they're addicted to. They're addicted to the fact that evil is in their inner man. And out of their inner man comes what? Paul told us the 17 works of the flesh. It all comes out of their inner man. So if we are going to serve God, we are going to have to get our inner man perfected in him. We're going to have to stop looking at God as if God was way up there and realize the anointing of Jesus Christ is on the inside of me that Paul told us he was there and begin to live accordingly. Build our house upon a rock. Look inwardly. Think inwardly. Then live outwardly. Faith moves upon what is revealed. Where is it revealed? Is it revealed upon what I see? Or is it revealed upon the unseen? Well, faith works in the unseen. Faith works in here. Faith retrieves what is being done by the Spirit of God in here. And then faith releases what he is receiving 
from in here into his soul and subsequently manifesting it into his body. Now, what is he releasing? What is he releasing? Well, someone said, Brother Springsteen, nobody preaches that stuff but you. Well, now listen what I'm trying to tell you. Jesus went to the cross, did he not? He went to the tomb, did he not? Christ, the victoriously anointed Christ, rose from the dead. He became the victoriously anointed Christ when he rose from the dead. Someone said, yeah, he was Israel's Messiah. Yes, but we don't need a Messiah, friend. We need a victoriously anointed Christ because the mystery of the gospel is not that Jesus lives in you. It is that Christ, the hope of glory, is residing in your inner man. He lives there, and he produces out of you the words of the Holy Spirit that leads you and guides you into every truth. He does that through Christ. The victoriously anointed one who rose from the dead, brought out of the dead a spirit of life that superseded all hell, that took the keys of death and hell and transported them until he gave them back to the Father and was seated at the right hand of majesty as our man in the Godhead. He's the one that did that. And he lives in you. You must realize this. Otherwise, your life will be at war. Your inner man will be at war. The spirit and the flesh will be at war. There is but one way for you to be perfect, and that's for you to start living to the inner man. There is but one way for you to know him, and that is for you to start living to the inner man. To build your house upon a rock that will stand. This outer nature living that you have been doing, it it gets frustrated. It struggles. It goes up. It goes down. It has shame. It has guilt. It has struggle. It seeks forgiveness over and over and over again. The cycle of sin. The only way for you to get where you really want to be is to get your inner man tuned up. Bow your head and close your eyes. Now, Father, the inner man, the perfecting of the inner man, the Spirit of the Lord is running to and fro throughout the earth. There He is looking for ways for us to be seeking the inner man. And for us to be seeking His work to perfect our inner man. Now, Father, today as we have preached this gospel, I pray that you'll open the eyes of the hearer that they can hear and see. That you will grant to them today the strengthening of their inner man, the understanding of the, the use of faith, the understanding of what the Spirit is doing, and the understanding of how love works, how love ministers out of them and becomes a fruit as they understand repentance and the hatred of evil. Father, I thank you for that today. I praise you while you're praying right where you are. I simply want you to do this for me. Say, Lord, I may not understand it all. I may not know it all. This may have been brand new information to me. But Father, I receive it today because it came out of the Word of God.
I receive it today because it is coordinated in the Word of God and my faith can touch it in my inner man. I receive that today. It, 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 it now has been revealed to me. So I receive it. Now, Father, I'm going to release that. I'm going to release that. And what I'm going to do is what the Spirit of God said this morning. I'm going to cast every care on you for you care for me. I'm going to cast out what I think about it in the natural, how it looks in the natural, what I uh, would like it or not like it to be in the natural, and I'm going to cast that care. I'm going to roll all of that care on you. And I'm going to go into my inner man, and from my inner man, I'm going to bring out of me the wisdom of God about how to deal with life, the understanding of God about how to work through life, the counsel and advice of God about how better to live my life, the might and ability of God that would give me the strength and the power of God that is in me to better be what it is you designed me to be. Then God, I'm going to have knowledge from this message that I can build on and I'm going to live in a new love. I'm going to repent and love you with all that's in me and I'm going to understand that your love hates evil and in your love and your hatred of evil is why you sent Jesus into this world. And then I'm going to walk in a new ability to make judgments. I'm going to live in a new decision making. I'm going to turn inwardly to make my decisions and not look at what I see, hear, feel, and think, but I'm going to look inwardly. It is inward, the inward man that has the answer. For it is the inward man that we read that Paul said that we needed to be strengthened in. And when we got there, we would find the love of God and we would find the power of God that works in us. Stand with me, will you? Father, we thank you today. We receive it. You have released your word. We receive it. Now, Father, we release the word of God into our members, into our inner man. We release the word of God into our inner man so that our inner man might be strengthened with all might, knowledge, understanding, so that our inner man might be strengthened with love, so that our inner man might be strengthened with the knowledge of truth that resides in me, the knowledge of the power of God that resides in me. Father, we receive it today. Now, if you just simply lift your hands and say, Thank you, Jesus. We praise you. We worship you. We honor you. We give you glory minister in the inner man of your people for it is from the inner man of your people that truth comes it's from the inner man of your people that we are released to be who you have designed us to be we praise you and worship you today i want to speak to those of you on the media whether mike frankston ffc podcast facebook lift him higher radio wherever you're coming from today to share this gospel with us from around the world we want you to know that in you, in your inner man, is the peace of God. He will lift you. He will teach you to love in a way you've never loved before. He will lift you into truth that you've never been in before. Now I want to challenge you today. If you don't know him, pray with me real quick. Simply say, Father, forgive me, I'm a sinner. I turn my inner man over to you. I ask you to take my inner man and develop it. Teach it, train it. 
until my inner man can come into the image of Jesus Christ. I will receive that. As you reveal it to me, I will take by faith what you've released, place it in my heart, and reveal it and manifest it in my life. I give you glory in Jesus' name. Now, if you've done that, we'd love to hear from you at Family Fellowship Chapel Messaging, Springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministry.com, or through ffcma.org. May God bless you is my prayer. Until we speak again tonight at 6 o'clock, let me give you a blessing. Father, bless this bunch as they go today. Minister in their inner man. Reveal to them the truth of what's on the inside of them. The anointing that resides. And we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. God bless you until we meet again.